This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. The greatest gift I ever gave my husband was a jar of pickled herring that makes me want to gag. On his birthday, I placed it front and center in the refrigerator. The message was loud and clear. I will give you what you want. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. When my husband first started buying me flowers for every Shabbat, I was so overwhelmed with joy and also utterly perplexed by his choices. You see, I'd never made a secret of the fact that I like my flowers one of two ways, either all entirely one color, so that would be like purple tulips with lilacs and lavender and delphinium and any other singular shade, like my personal favorite, all white. So the flowers can all be different, but they have to be one color only. And oh, by the way, no carnations and no luridly dyed chrysanthemums. No big mixed bouquets, like, you know, where it's mixed color and kinds. Or my other option was one kind of flower in multiples. So it could be a dozen tulips, a dozen roses, a dozen whatever, but just one single shade or singular bloom in multiples. It's not really so difficult. You just had to remember my preference. So every week, My husband would come home with these arrangements, each more creative than the next. One week, there would be brown Ecuadorian roses mixed with purple irises. Once, there was a complex and creative array of lilies with roses and hydrangeas in shades of red, white, and yellow. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, they were beautiful and even probably expensive, just not to my taste. And so... As I was taught that when you get a gift, even if you don't like it, you show enthusiasm or appreciation, because otherwise you're not getting anything ever, that's what I would do. And you certainly didn't complain. So there's this rabbi in Jerusalem, Rabbi Yom Tov Glazer. Affectionately, he's known around the world as the surfing rabbi. And he once hypothesized in a class that when a woman gets like, say, six out of 10 on her gift-giving efforts, Now, she'll take all that in, and she'll do better the next time. She'll struggle to do better, to hit the mark, to outdo herself next time. Whereas a man, he said, if he feels he blew it, he was less likely to try again. And if he fails often enough, he'll give up completely. Now, I know this can sound a bit like gender stereotyping, and of course there are exceptions to everything, but you know what? I have found this to be true. So there's a whole other podcast in that piece of information. But for now, let's just stick to the flowers. And don't worry, I'm getting to the point. This is how I managed it. I would rush around just before Shabbat, separating the arrangements. I'd put all the red in one vase, and then all the blue in another, and then the orange and yellow, sometimes they got to stay together. But by the time I was done with this Shabbat gift, I often had three or four new mini arrangements that I would spread around the house. So then one Friday night, he comes through the door with another outrageous bouquet. My seven-year-old kid turns to him and said, Daddy, 
How come you get flowers that mommy always has to change up? What do you mean? My husband said. Well, said my kid. Every Shabbat night, she takes the red and puts them with the red. She takes the blue and sorts them with the blue. She takes the white and sorts them with the white. She always takes them apart and changes them. So just get her flowers in one color next time. Now I was stunned. This seven-year-old child could see clearly what had not been stated, for fear of never getting flowers again, and had noticed and had taken in my preferences. And this is why Jewish boys are spoiled by their mamas, the perfect man of her loins, the ultimate creation of her vision. Well, at least till they separate and rebel. So my husband turned to me and he said, is this, is this true? Do you not like the arrangements I bring you? Do you really take them apart color by color? Duh, I wanted to say. Well, actually, I didn't say it, but I really wanted to. I wanted to say to him, why can your seven-year-old son see what you cannot see? Those arrangements are not to my taste. And he's right. Single blooms of one style and color or multiples if they are in the same tone. I gulped. Actually, it's true. That is my preference. But I told you this in the past, and I assumed that you heard He paused a moment and thought, and then he said something that blew me away with its self-awareness and honesty. He said, I suppose I did know that if I'm really honest, but I also seem to love flowers, and I love being in the store and putting together the bouquets that are to my taste, things that I find beautiful together. Listen, honey, I said, in that case, Maybe buy me flowers and buy yourself flowers. Because if they're a gift for me, then I would love to not have to take them apart. Done, he said, on it. And from that day forward, he brought me what I like. And for over 20 years, this has been the case. Oh, if only all of our disagreements could be solved that easily. Anyway, when I think of this, I'm reminded of an article written by Debbie Goodfriend many years back. It was around buying Hanukkah gifts. It was called The Top 10 Gifts Every Wife Wants. And it listed the following things. Now, notwithstanding shoes, handbags, diamond jewelry, and vacations, I think she was right. The 10 things were as follows. One, appreciation. Recognize what she does. Thank her for her hard work. Express gratitude for the little tasks that she takes care of that you might usually take for granted. Two, compliments. Tell her she's beautiful. Give her positive feedback about her work. Tell her she's an amazing mother. Tell her that she's smart. Tell her that she's talented. She needs to hear it, especially from you. Three, empathy. Commiserate with her when she's had a hard day. Listen to her, say things like, ah, it sounds like you had a really tough meeting. I can't believe you stood online for that long. You must have been so frustrated. You must be so tired from being up all night with the baby. It must have really been challenging managing everything at work today. Empathy. Number four, kindness. Be available to help. Fill up her car with gas. Fix her computer. Offer to help her with her problems at work. Hold the baby. Do homework with the kids. Ask your wife if she needs anything. Give her a break apologize, 
when you hurt her feelings. Be kind. Number five, friendship. Be her friend. Go on dates together or spend focused time with each other. Do fun things together. Plan adventurous trips, even if they're going to be short. Share your struggles. Encourage each other. Be happy for each other's accomplishments. Number six is affection. Tell her that you love her. Buy her flowers. Express how happy you are to be married to her. Tell her that she completes you. Number seven, respect. Research shows that the first thing to go in a marriage is politeness. We get too comfortable around those closest to us, and we forget to show them even basic respect. Call her or message her when you're running late, even if it's just five or ten minutes later than the time she was expecting you. Number eight, acceptance. Accept her weaknesses. Understand that she often sees things differently from you, remembers things differently from you, and handles things differently from you. Number nine, authenticity. Be real with her. Share with her important experiences in your life. Tell her about what's happening at work. Express when you're worried, when you're angry, when you're sad. Don't try to hide or deny your feelings. And number 10, laughter. Maintain your sense of humor, especially in times of stress. Share inside jokes. See the lighter side of life. Eliminate mockery and sarcasm and laugh with each other, but not at each other. So this week, can we make a list of what will truly feel like a gift to our partners, our friends, and our children? Can we shop not for our own pleasure, but for theirs? I'm going to tell you something. The greatest gift I ever gave my husband was a jar of pickled herring that makes me want to gag. It's his favorite thing, but I hate it so much it's considered like grounds for divorce in our house. But one year, on his birthday, I placed it front and center in the refrigerator. The message was loud and clear. I will give you what you want. Having someone see and hear you as you are, with your preferences in mind, feels like the greatest luxury gift of all. And I think I speak for most of us when I remind you it feels as good or even better to give than it does to receive. Happy shopping! Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.